Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandi Van Ormer, and I'm here today with my co-host, Patty Marguerite. Hi. Hey, Patty. And today's a special day because we're actually not holed up in Carruthers Hall. We like got out of not only Carruthers Hall, but we went off grounds, man. <laughs> we're, we're getting crazy. Um, we're here today at uh, MSB Coach here in Charlottesville with Michelle Braden, who's the CEO and um, if you don't know, MSB Coach is an international executive boutique coaching firm. And like I said, they've been here for 12 years. Patty does some work with them. And Michelle has graciously uh, agreed to be our first non-UVA guest, I think. I think so. Yeah. That's right. And talk with us today about imposter syndrome. So before we get to that, Michelle, thank you for being brave and coming on. Oh, mm-hmm. I am honored, and thanks, you guys, for coming out here to our office, and it's a gorgeous day here in Charlottesville. For those mm-hmm. of you who aren't here, I wish you were, um, but looking forward to it. Thank you for the invitation. Well, it's going to be an interesting conversation because, like I said, we're talking about imposter syndrome today, and that may sound like kind of intriguing and chic, mm-hmm. but it's not. <laughs> or <laughs> scary. Yeah, or scary. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome. So you may have heard the term or may have some familiarity with it. Um, But Patty, maybe we could start with just talking about what imposter syndrome is. Well, I think just on the core of it is feeling like you're not adequate for the job or that that you'll be found out as not being qualified or not knowing what you're doing just on the, the surface of it. Feeling like you're you just get lucky. You're a fraud. Yeah, yeah. And people are going to figure out that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. None of you ever feel like that out in the audience, do you? <laughs> oh, don't lie. <laughs> it's something that affects a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and disproportionately, honestly, it affects women. But it happens with all of us, mm-hmm. and especially during times of transition where we're not feeling super comfortable with what we're doing. So if you've gotten yeah. a new job or new responsibilities, et cetera, mm-hmm. it can, you can start to get that sinking feeling that, wait just a second, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you know, I, I think just to add to this incredible definition you guys have given is that it, we, one would think that maybe it has something to do with when someone isn't feeling successful, but a lot of times this phenomenon, which is why they call it a phenomenon, kicks in when someone is tremendously successful. Exactly. But it's how they're feeling internally and causes such anxiety Mm -hmm. I think the personality type of lots of successful people you know people who are very driven people who maybe have a little bit of a bent towards perfectionism people who have a lot of natural talent you know all the ways that you can become a, a success and a mix of all those ways those are all the same things that make you hypercritical of yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe have a little bit more anxiety about the job that you're doing. But yeah, it is um, a very frequently cited um, source of anxiety for people in the workforce. And I imagine like even in other roles too. Mm -hmm. We talk outside of the the world of work a lot uh, about, you know, your life at home and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think about um, when I had my first child, (laughs) 
<laughs> I had a lot of imposter syndrome Did then. You, like you were an imposter then? Yeah, definitely. You know, isn't it interesting? You know, one of the things, and I know that there is some research out there on this, so I'm not even going to attempt to quote it, but because social media hasn't been around long enough for us to have any real yes. long-term research. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, but yeah. thinking about how that impacts imposter syndrome. I mean, I'm an empty nester now, so fortunately... When I was raising my kids, I didn't have all the perfect mother pictures. You didn't have Pinterest and, <laughs> and, and Facebook and all of this. But you know, I see you know my kids now are grown and they're starting their families and like all of the oh, it just has to be exhausting. The perfectness, and we're not even talking. We haven't even stepped out into the workplace yet. We're just so, trying to get yeah, out of the house. People don't typically put all the bad things on Facebook. No, that's exactly yeah. where right. I was going with yeah. it, Patty. That you know, jumping off of what you're saying, Michelle, that. Um, you only see the positive on social media, but by the same token in your office or wherever it is you work, if there's someone that you look at and think, man, that person has it all together. Mm -hmm. They seem so comfortable. They make their decisions Mm -hmm. easily and seem to have a strategy all the time. Um, you only see that front facing part. You don't see them sweating over anything. Mm -hmm. You don't see the times that they wake up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. uh, not being able to sleep because of something they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like the, the front-facing reality, real-life version <laughs> of the Facebook of you know who we are looking up to. And I think that's... You know, I don't want to derail us at all, but thinking about Brene Brown's work about vulnerability... Being We've done so much with Brene Brown. I'm so glad yeah. you're bringing her up too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I, to go with Brene Brown, you know, she talks a lot about shame. And I think there's, there is so much of imposter syndrome rooted in shame mm-hmm. that that you're insecure, that you don't have enough knowledge, that you don't have enough experience, that you're just not enough. Well, exactly mm-hmm. why people yeah. haven't heard of it is that people don't talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a self-defeating and like, it's like a snake eating its tail. Imposter syndrome is really prevalent because, but because nobody talks about it, we don't know that it's really prevalent and mm-hmm. so it just keeps mm-hmm. cycling and circling well and even the name of it i think the name of it hasn't gotten enough attention mm-hmm. and um because i know a, a, about a year and a half ago i was asked to do a women's conference on imposter syndrome and i was like i don't know what impo- i was googling <laughs> really quickly as they were asking You're me like, what sure. is imposter syndrome no but here's the ironic that's thing. the opposite of imposter syndrome <laughs> The, um, <laughs> phantom skills, that's what they call it in Hogan, phantom skills. Anyway, so, but the lady that I was talking to is an executive that I had coached, and she, she said, you know, you helped me with this, and I was like, what did I help you? Like, I'm thinking this Tell in me my more. head. What did I help you with? But once I looked up the definition, I was yeah. like, oh, I've got it. So yes. I don't know if it's just because of the name. People yeah. don't know what it means. Yeah, I think everybody that. can relate to that feeling. Yeah. At so some point. describe it. Yeah. At some time or another. Everybody can relate to the fact that they've felt that way. Yes. But there's nothing worse than that moment where you're thinking, what's wrong with me? And there's no answer because it's just in your head. Yeah. So that's a powerful thing right there. What's that? What's wrong with me? But I can't talk to anybody yeah, right. about it because yeah. then they'll know I'm really the the fraud that I am, or I'm right. feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason that Pat. We had been talking actually, Patty and I, about doing this subject for a long time, but we just couldn't figure out how we were going to do it. And the reason why is because we felt bad about asking any of our colleagues to come on a podcast about imposter syndrome. You might be found out. Yeah, exactly. It's like the time we asked Portland Schwar to come on and talk about 
um, failing. What yes. you learned from failing. She was yes. like, why are you asking me? What do you mean? <laughs> what are you really saying here? <laughs> but um, to your point, you've coached people through this and you have seen it in many different ways. And it really does affect not only your mental health, but I think your ability to do the work well. Mm-hmm. Do you care to talk a little bit more about how you've seen that play out? Well, you know, I think if all of us are honest, all of us have experienced some imposter syndrome certainly at different times and at different phases of life. It's interesting, just this morning I was talking with someone I was on a walk on and we were having the conversation where I was like, and I've said this for like the last three years in a row, this is going to be the year I'm going to stop striving so much. Mm-hmm. And but that striving really is tied into some of my own inadequacies uh-huh. yeah. of always feeling like I need one more certification, I need one more uh-huh. this, I need one more that. Yeah. Well, who is it really for? Does yeah. I mean, my clients don't care, right? And know? if it's to, and they're not looking at this list right. of things. And just to be clear, I think there's there's a difference between constant learning and bettering yourself, and like you said, striving. Stri- there yeah. is a difference. Yes, I think we should all be well, this is me with my own biases. I think we should all be self-learners and wanting to grow and, and life and leadership is a journey. But it's another thing when we're just killing ourselves and we don't even know why other than it's just one more rung. And then when you get to the one more rung, even that's not that's yeah. not enough. Now it's got to be the yeah. next one. If you, if you really truly suffer from that deep feeling of inadequacy, there's no amount of credentials or badges yeah. or whatever that's ever going to fill it. Going. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. Um, in some of the reading that that you're, I think, going to link to, one of the experts in this area, um, her name's Valerie Young, I think. Yes. She wrote an article that we kind of used when we were doing a little research on this topic. And um, she has, she talks about the five different types. And one of the types is the, what she terms as the expert. Mm-hmm. And it is that person who's always striving and never feels like they quite make it mm-hmm. to being the expert that they're expected to be. Mm-hmm. And so what you described is exactly that, that person who's always seeking more training, more certification, something that will make them feel like, okay, now I'm, now I, I got they, it. But they I never understand. actually get there. Yeah. That's the vicious cycle yeah. of this. Um, and, and, Brandy, I'm sorry, I don't know that I actually answered your the question. Oh, right. As far yeah. as... <laughs> this is how we go, though. Yes. Okay. Listeners right. are used to it. We just All right. We go. All right, good. Well, we can keep on rolling. Well, sort of the impacts of imposter syndrome, too. What, what can it... Oh, what that's can, right. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I caught up it? with the train just now. We were talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I think it's worthwhile going into... Because, again, we're talking about folks who... Are, you, are usually really, really competent. So you care about your job. Mm-hmm. You want to, to do well. Um, maybe you're a little bit of a perfectionist. Maybe you have a hard time asking for help. Maybe you're one of those folks that can't get enough training. Or maybe you're a mix of all of those mm-hmm. things. But when you suffer from imposter syndrome, usually you are a person who's good at your job and competent and wants to be good at your job. Mm-hmm. And I think that making sure that our audience and people who are who are maybe in this basket, making sure that they understand that not only does it affect your mental health, because some of you might be tempted to say, eh, it's not that big a deal, mm-hmm. um, but it also can affect what you are actually are valuing so much, which is your work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are unsure of yourself and if you feel like you really aren't competent to do the job, I think that has to affect the quality of your work 
and your work experience. Well, I just think we've only got so much mental energy space in our brain, and how much is that taking up mm-hmm. of our time? You know, I, I think one of the most important things to keep in mind with this imposter syndrome, and I'm curious if you guys think the same thing, is that, that when people go, I go back to that, what's wrong with me? This is normal. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is normal to have feelings of self-doubt. And that, especially like you said, when we're, when we might be in something new, or maybe it's a role I've been in for a really long time, but I'm experiencing something new, or I'm experiencing a new boss, or some new team members, or a change in a, you know, system, and I'm not very good with technology, whatever that is that causes us to move back to that place of, of our confidence being shaken a little bit, and maybe sometimes our competence being shaken, recognizing that's normal, and how do we work through it, rather than letting it own us and holding it all inside. I think that's where it starts to affect a person's health. And so as Michelle said that, Patty, to, just to reel us back into the UVA world for a mm-hmm. second, I had to, of course, think about change that's going on within yeah. our own organization and finance. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to not only implement a new financial system, but to change the way that we do a lot of those financial processes. Mm-hmm. And some of those things could have been the way that we've done it for a super long time. And this whole process could change the way that a lot of people do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you go from feeling like, yeah, I totally know what I'm doing and mm-hmm. this is no big deal for me and everybody knows that I know this and they come to me with all these questions and then all of a sudden a system takes that away from mm-hmm. you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Finding your new niche or coming back from that can stagger you a little mm-hmm. bit, I think. Yeah. Well, what's one of the, the biggest fears that come with change is not the fear of the change itself, it's the fear of loss. Fear of loss of my mm-hmm. knowledge, fear of yeah. loss of my power, fear of loss of being the one that everybody goes to. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that is, it's that, that fear of loss. And you said yeah. something, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but the idea was that it was being done to you, like something yeah. mm-hmm. was yeah. pushing on you. Um, and we talk, we've talked about this in several past podcasts in terms of dealing with change that there's a certain amount of taking ownership of it that you have to do in order to get over the hump. And with imposter syndrome, now we're kind of moving into what you do about it now that we've explored it. That's what you have to do too, is take some ownership of it Mm -hmm. and not just let it roil around in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do about imposter syndrome? Well, I think one of the things that when I've um, thought about it is People will often say, you know, ask you to describe your strengths and weaknesses and things like that. And I feel, and I'm sure that this is typical of especially a lot of women, that I'm easy to pick up on the, on the weaknesses that I have. But if somebody asks me, well, what are you an expert in or what are, you, what are your strengths? I hesitate and downplay that in some way. You have killer taste in shoes. <laughs> and so much more. That. You know where I find you. But um yeah, I mean if I can think of an example of a time that that happened recently where we had somebody coming in from a consulting firm to talk to Brandy and I about change management right. training with regard to this project that we're working on and he had done some research on us. Oh yeah. And he yeah. had looked at our webpage and he, so and he said to me, you're the expert. I don't think I can come in here and tell you anything about 
what you all should be doing at UVA. And I remember saying to Brandy, I like this guy. <laughs> he sees me for who I am. Yes. <laughs> he but, sees the me. Really, I, was, I was kind of blown away by that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I didn't expect somebody to to We can take that. anything except a compliment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Isn't it's, amazing? And it, yeah. it feels a little egotistical also to yeah. say, yes, I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. There's a healthy balance, though, between right. feeling like you don't know what you're doing and being overconfident. Because the fact is that everybody has self-doubt. Everybody has more that they can learn. Everybody can benefit from hearing another person's ideas. But we do have to find that happy medium where we feel like we've got enough of a foundation that we can move forward. Yeah. So I think one of the things you can do about it is, is once you recognize that that's what it is, imposter syndrome, that you can look at your, you know, be honest with yourself and say, what are really my strengths? And then what weaknesses do I have? And really focus on the things that you can make and improve yeah. better yeah. rather than think that, oh, I have to exactly. do it all to be true to being the expert that I am seen, to, that people think I am. I think about Michelle talking about the certifications, but you know, there are actually things you can do to fill legitimate gaps. Right. You know, if you feel yeah. that you have um, problems in prioritization, you can learn from other people Absolutely. and other sources on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and another reason why we're talking to Michelle today is because she is a coach, and Patty is a coach too, um, but actually talking to someone and getting some coaching could be one of the best things that you do. Mm-hmm. Not only because you're getting it out of your head, but also because you're taking steps to really work mm-hmm. on things. Mm-hmm. Can I just, I wanted to share something here real quickly, um, because I know at the beginning, and from the research, the most current research that we have, this is more of a female challenge than male challenge, but it, it's it's very slightly teetered that way. Right. But we do talk about it a whole mm-hmm. lot more in the realm of, of female challenges. But just recently, just a couple of different ways that it shows up, and I know we're talking about solutions, but I think a lot of times we think it shows up as that person maybe going inward and being insecure, but I've also seen it show up where a person goes so outward with their voice for self that they overcompensate, oh, yes. and they overtalk, and yeah. they overdirect. Just to make themselves feel better. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so you can hole. see the, yeah. <laughs> this sound starts to sound so sad. <laughs> but the two extremes mm-hmm. um, of, of how it can show up is still mm-hmm. the same core source. Right. Um, of what's going on there. I really um, am glad you brought that up because next time you're in a meeting and you're a group meeting and you're watching the dynamics, that'd be something interesting to keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how people are, how we're all affected by our own um, inner conversation mm-hmm. when we're in a group and uh, comparing ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so we were talking about, you know, we're sliding into the, the part about what we do about it, but... Mm-hmm. Because you, Michelle, were talking about the female, slight female overbalance in imposter syndrome, um, research says also that it affects typically marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. And I think that can vary from workplace to workplace, like what's marginalized. Yeah, right. what, if, you're, if you're the different one in a group... Mm-hmm. You tend yeah. different to, parts of the yeah. country, different parts of the world. Absolutely, marginalized looks different. Right, so we're not talking yeah. about marginalization yeah. right. as far as social. Yeah, it could not, not really. But yeah, it could be that. It but, totally could be but that. Like but. women in a male-dominated field, or Yankees in the Deep South. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, there's a, there are lots, there are a lot of ways that that can manifest itself, but, um, I'm really glad you brought up that point Mm -hmm. about the going the other way as well. Mm -hmm. So we talked about filling the gaps. We talked Mm -hmm. about maybe considering, um, seeking some coaching. How about in the moment though? Mm -hmm. I think about folks in that meeting environment Mm -hmm. where, you feel like, ah, I'm not going to say anything about that because I'm not an expert, but I really don't quite mm-hmm. agree with what they're saying. I just feel like I probably don't know. Who am I? Mm-hmm. What do you do in the moment when you have this? Because there's a, probably about a million times in a day that you could do something about how you're feeling internally. Well, I'm going to jump in if mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, one of the things, in, you know, anytime I talk about something I've worked on with my clients, I probably 99% of the time I've worked on it with myself too. (laughs) So, um, what I call mindful moments. So if you know you're in that place, because remember this, this imposter syndrome can happen to us at any point in time for various reasons and has nothing to do with our success. So just one being self-aware of I'm in this place right now. And then two being self-managed. And I think using this thing, what I like to call mindful moments where, okay, I'm about to go into this meeting Who's going to be in the room? And you know, I tell my clients, whatever you like to do best, but I am a believer in the Superman pose, you know, where yes, you stand right. up and, you know, either put your hands yeah. on your hips, uh-huh. I don't care if you're male or female, or hands down at your side, but there's mm-hmm. something in that power pose. Well, you're not take, folded in on yeah, yourself. Yeah. Take a couple of deep breaths, get some oxygen to your brain, think about who's in the room, how do I want to show up, how do I not want to show up, let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And we can do that in just a minute. I don't have to sit there, not saying anything about the Buddha, but I don't have to sit there like the Buddha, you know, for right. three hours. Mm-hmm. I can take a mindful moment to concentrate on how I want to show up in the room. Mm-hmm. If I want to speak more, if I want to speak less. Mm-hmm. I love it when the themes connect again mm-hmm. <laughs> in the, all the the variety of topics we've talked about. Things that always come up are the importance of self-awareness, the importance of being mindful, and also investing work in mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes so much work to be aware of yourself. It's easy to get carried away with just what you feel mm-hmm. and listening to the voice inside your head. And taking a moment, like you said, mm-hmm. to be mindful and know that what I'm thinking is not the case mm-hmm. and I can show up for this however it is that that you take care of that it's work mm-hmm. but it does work especially mm-hmm. when you make it a habit mm-hmm. and you can find yourself weaning away a little bit from yeah. those those emotional responses of inadequacy well and it goes to that place of mindfulness and self-awareness which mm-hmm. are so intertwined mm-hmm. so I know if I'm if I practice my self-awareness do I have a tendency to show up over talking right. or do I have a tendency to show up under talking and, and we have to be intentional, which is going to take energy, but which, which way do I want that pendulum to swing for me in mm-hmm. that room at that moment, which then of course is that self-management yeah. piece of it. And the beautiful yeah. thing about it is that the more you practice it, the, the more you understand about yourself yes. and the better decisions that you make. And it may take, I would think, a little finessing to find that right mm-hmm. spot. We're talking yeah. about the pendulum. But find the spot that works for you. Um, and you learn 
how to work in all these mm-hmm. situations and to feel less unsure. And to take a few minutes to self-evaluate yourself afterward. Right, so, right. You know, at the end of that meeting, to just to take a few moments, not to beat yourself up. So even if you didn't show up the way you wanted to, okay, what will I do differently next time? So you're yeah. reinforcing those neurological pathways rather than the beating yourself up which we have a tendency yeah. to do when we're in imposter syndrome. And then when we beat ourselves up, we're reinforcing those neurological pathways right. in our brain. I, I'm glad you said that because I was just thinking about the fact that um, imposter syndrome really is just negative self-talk. Yeah. So so good. So, Thank you. That's so <laughs> recognize what it is. What are the things that you're saying to yourself and try to flip the answer to the positive. And even if you can't, so what will I do differently? Yes. Maybe How I did I crash and burn, issue? but what, right. what will I do differently next right. time? Yeah, and going back to Brene Brown, um, that was part of what, you know, created her whole like, right. next TED Talk was that one that she says she crashed and burned on. Hmm. Yeah. And that first one. Yeah. And it has like millions and millions of views and people love it. And it's kind of launched her career, really. I mean, didn't really launch her career, but launched her career into the space of where she is now you know speaker author all that and so but there was a lot of that where she was saying how she told her husband how bad it was and why are they having me talk about this what do i know yeah that idea of shame too just going back to that um that Brene brown talks about a lot of us feel shameful about admitting we don't know something Mm -hmm. or asking Mm -hmm. someone else something and that is something that you have to get over (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be comfortable and successful yeah one of the when the article that I read that had the different types of um, imposter syndrome one of them was the I forgot what they called it the soloist I think a person who feels like they if they ask for help that reveals their like inadequacy or their Mm -hmm. phoniness if they ask for help from somebody and I feel like if I had to categorize when I feel this way, that's that's it. That's it's you. Like, mm. It's like I feel like if I ask somebody for help, they're going to say, what, you don't know how to do that? Mm. Or, um, you know, and the kind of the longer you go with not knowing how to do it, and the longer it takes you to ask, it for gets help, worse than worse. It gets worse head. and worse. And then we almost have to start covering it up, right? And and you like know. I've been here for three years and I don't know how to yeah. start a Zoom meeting, you know, like or something. Why like that. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I asked for help. I a friend of mine at work said I'll set up the meeting for you, and she did because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I've gotten comfortable with sending um, emails that are that start off, "Hey, colleague of mine." Here's a real dumb question. <laughs> I should probably know this, but yeah. <laughs> um, we all have areas of expertise, and it's actually a great point of connection with other people that you're missing out on mm-hmm. if you don't have that experience of getting help, mm-hmm. asking for help and receiving it. It's good for the giver and receiver. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you withhold that yeah. from yourself, you're withholding it from them too. To and be able to, to yeah. ask you questions yeah. this time and yeah. feel comfortable. Yeah, it opens a door to good things. <laughs> You know, I wanted to share something. I think we'd be remiss if we, we talked about the importance of talking about this, whether it's to a coach, to a colleague, you know, someone that can listen and um, ask a good questions and help you work through it. 
But I think um, also remembering the importance of being able to write about it. So Good people point. that are more extroverted, mm-hmm. they talk to think. Right. People who are more introverted need that time to think before talking. So. You know, like when I'm working with clients who are more introverted, I'll ask them to write in between sessions and then bring back those notes because they may not be able to think of it in mm-hmm. the moment Super or situations point. in mm-hmm. the moment. But, um, but you then, can surprise yourself yeah. when you write. Oh my goodness, can't yeah. you? Yeah. And then when you look back at it only a week later, yeah. you're like, oh boy, that's what I was feeling. Thank you, then. past me, for yeah. the insight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're so smart, past me. <laughs> Yeah, it does help you to realize what you were, how you were feeling mm-hmm. at that moment. And mm-hmm. I think, okay, this is like going off on a tangent, but I think we've lost that even more so um, in this moment in our culture because when we write, we're more often writing for public consumption via yeah, social media or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the act of writing for yourself isn't as much of a thing and can almost feel a little bit indulgent mm-hmm. when there's so much to do and you feel like you have to keep up with mm-hmm. so much so true yeah um I'm just saying that thinking about my own self that mm-hmm. you know a long time ago I used to be much more of a, a journaler and a self-reflecting kind of mm-hmm. person and if there's anything that goes when life gets hairy it's stuff that you do for yourself a yeah. lot of the time true yeah. and you can't really afford it mm-hmm. And there's something about, yes, I know, because I use it all the time, the notes on my phone, you know, where you're keeping the notes on your phone, but there's something really powerful about the pen to paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a couple, I, I, have, I can't take credit for this because it's clients who have introduced this idea to me because we're really big on using journaling and coaching. And I've had some that they journal by drawing pictures. What? That represent how they're feeling. That's interesting. Isn't that cool? You're a doodler. I'm yeah. surprised you don't do that, Brandy. Well, I remember the first client who came in, maybe you should. And, and this client was like, okay, these different days, different pictures reflect how I was feeling. And to them, that was more meaningful <laughs> than being able to write. Yeah, if you're yeah. sitting in a meeting, scrawling knives in your margins, <laughs> what might that be? Stabbiness. Um, gosh, we've covered some really interesting Aww. ground today, and I'm really glad that... Um, I'm glad to talk about it for the podcast. I'm glad to talk about it for myself, too. It's just mm-hmm. good to have the reminder that this is a really common thing, and it can creep up on you in weird places um, because hopefully you transition, you experience transitions and changes a lot in your life. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're not in such stasis that that's not you. So the opportunities for this to happen are, are definitely there. Um, and I was just looking down at my notes for this episode, and I see a little factoid here that says studies suggest that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their career. Mm. That's a definite majority. So mm-hmm. um, for our audience out there today, I hope that this has been a helpful conversation. Can you all think of anything else that we need to cover at this point? I think just get out there, find a safe person and start having conversations mm-hmm. about it. Um, because it goes to one of the things we were talking about earlier. You know, it's that it's just one of those things that's not talking talked about, and so many things that are hidden we can't really address. Mm-hmm. So whether you like the name imposter syndrome or you want to call it negative self talk or whatever, you want to label it. Just mm-hmm. have a conversation about what it is you're experiencing right. rather than holding it in. Right. Do y'all really think important. Oprah or Gwyneth Paltrow or anybody gets imposter I'm syndrome? I'm sure they do. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure they do, honestly. Well, I don't know about Gwyneth. But yeah. yeah, maybe not Gwyneth. <laughs> don't hate us in the comments if you love Gwyneth. 
So I think we're going to wrap up for now. Michelle, thank you so much oh, for joining thank us. thank you guys for inviting me. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm sad it's over. Thank you. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we'll if, do another one. Right. And some of our listeners I know always get cracked up when we are in a different place and there's ambient noise. Today we were at MSB Coach. And um, the, the thing that you cannot see right now that has been delightful about this whole podcast is that Michelle's great, big, wonderful dog has been laying in here with us the whole time. So he's been moving around if you've heard noises. We've got a golden retriever in here that, that um, is giving us pet therapy. Yes. So. He definitely is sure of himself. No imposter right. syndrome there. All right. Thank you all for joining us again today for Finance Matters. As always, you can read more about what finance is up to on the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. If you've got an idea for a podcast or you know something that you'd like us to talk about or somebody who's doing good work, um, at UVA or anywhere else, let us know. Um, you can email myself or you can email Patty or you can tweet us at UVA underscore finance. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.